This is Future Diaries, a podcast from the future, from the future. Welcome to Future Diaries, the podcast that transcends space and time. I'm Mike. And I am Antonis, and will be your hosts. Since this is the first episode of Future Diaries, let's begin with a little background. Or foreground, I guess it depends on your perspective. First up, let's talk about time and space. Thanks to future advances in communications technologies, we're podcasting to you from the 22nd century. But with the use of intertemporal communications technologies comes a multiversal wrinkle which is, we can't be sure we're talking to you from the future of your universe. That's right. Since a multiverse of possible futures is linked to every present, we can't guarantee that the world, or worlds, I guess you could say, that Mike or I live in will be in your future, since the events and decisions that will determine your world's futures have not yet happened. But we do know that if you're hearing this podcast, it's at least possible we are in your future. Exactly. And Tunis and I actually live in separate possible futures from your perspective. We met in school while learning to use the same communications technologies we are using to communicate with you now. Which brings us to our second point. Why bother communicating with people across time and space at all? Mike and I each decided to attend glider school in our corners of the universe because we were drawn to the glider's mission. To share stories and glean wisdom of timeless importance across the multiverse, in the hopes of inspiring us all to build better presents and better futures. I guess in one sense, our actions are self-serving. If we can contribute even in a small way to inspiring people in previous generations, like you, dear listeners, to make your worlds better, it actually improves our worlds as well. But in another sense, we understand that our presents are future universes' pasts. So really, we're all in this together. It turns out that the more we all can do, the better it gets for all of us. And while we'll try to glean inspiring lessons from all the stories we share and universes we visit with you, that doesn't mean they will all be cheery. Indeed, some of the most important lessons and strongest motivations for action have come from hearing the stories of people living in very difficult circumstances. Something else we've learned in our time as gliders is that the multiverse also pervades single timelines. That is different people may experience the same time, space, and events very differently. So even when stories differ greatly, they might actually be part of the same universe. If this all sounds like a bit much, don't worry. We think it will make much more sense once we start sharing stories. So with that, let's begin. For the first couple of episodes, Mike and I will be sharing stories from our training as gliders. In future episodes, we'll use the marvels of intertemporal communications technologies to connect with other storytellers from around the multiverse, to hear their stories and learn about their worlds. Mike has agreed to go first, so Mike, would you like to share the first future diary? Absolutely. I actually have a personal connection to the story I'm about to share as it was written by one of my ancestors, my fifth great-grandfather. Wow, blast from the past. Totally. I don't know if you had to do the exact same exercise in glider school in your universe, but for one assignment, we had to find a personal story from the past, record it, and analyze it based on what we thought the original author's motivations were for writing it. I think the exercise was part of a unit on learning to recognize human desires that are common across time and space. Anyway, I found this great diary entry that my fifth great grandfather, who was also named Mike, wrote on his birthday in 2030. Oh, wow. I know, right? It's about a trip he took with friends and family every year. Shall we have a listen? 
Definitely. That sounds great. All right, I'll play the recording now. Story time. Monday, October 14th, 2030. Portland, Maine, United States of America. Dear Diary, It's another beautiful fall day in Portland, Maine, where I'm writing from today rather than back home in Boston. Today is Indigenous Peoples Day, or what we used to call Columbus Day back when I was a child. I still remember when I first learned about the horrible atrocities Christopher Columbus and other Europeans committed against the indigenous people they encountered when they arrived in what we now call the Americas. I'm glad to have learned the truth, and I'm glad we honor indigenous peoples now on this day. Today is also my 47th birthday. Since my friends, partner, and I have a long holiday weekend, we're celebrating by enjoying the fall colors, outdoor activities, and amazing cafes, restaurants, and bars Maine has to offer. In fact, since the holiday weekend often overlaps with my birthday, the trip has been a tradition every year since 2017. Well, I guess except for 2020 during the coronavirus pandemic. My favorite part of this trip has always been admiring the passing landscape on our way to and around Maine. Our views of the coastlines and fall leaves have always been breathtaking, even if they've changed a bit over the years. When we first began making the trip in 2017, we didn't realize how the small windows in our old cars restricted our views. A few years later, when we switched to taking the train to reduce the environmental impact of our trip, we loved the way the train's large windows, and the lack of distractions from driving, made the views that much better. But taking the train did prevent us from visiting more rural parts of the state, so in the last few years we've been taking the train to Portland and running electric vehicles to venture away from the train route. With panoramic windows and self-driving capabilities, these new electric vehicles have made the trip more enjoyable, safer, and cheaper, and have enabled us to visit, once again, the farms and cideries we used to. Our views of Maine's fall landscapes and shorelines have changed in other ways as well. Wind turbines now extend above the trees and dot the coasts, and solar panels are increasingly common on roadways, train lines, and buildings. Some people, both locals and visitors, have objected to the installations, complaining about how they look. I don't mind them, though. In fact, I kind of like the constant reminders of the trade-offs we're making in our relationship with nature. Alright, we're about to drop off the rental car and have dinner before we catch the train back to Boston tonight. While I'm sad another fall holiday weekend in Maine is coming to a close, I'm grateful for this annual leaf-peeping pilgrimage and the time well spent with friends in such a beautiful place. Wow, Mike, that was such a great story. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It really struck a chord with me the first time I read it, so I thought it would be a great place to start Future Diaries. Yeah, I totally agree. Also, how come you never shared this story with me previously? I guess I forgot about the exercise from school until we were planning this episode, so sorry. <laughs> no worries. I'm just glad I got to hear it now. So what do you think your ancestors' motivations were for writing down this personal narrative? Well, I think he wanted to document what was a very happy day for him. A birthday celebration, a trip with friends, enjoying the natural world. And from other diary entries of his I've read as well, 
he was really into electric cars when they came out. So I think he was excited they became a part of the annual trip as well. Yeah, I think that shows. So what desires did you identify that you think are common across space and time? I picked up on a few. First, the annual trip contains constants. The trip is the same weekend every year. It involves enjoying the fall colors. The trip is with friends and family and partly to celebrate his birthday. And it also contains changes. He's aging each year, the changing of the name of the holiday, the emerging wind and solar installations, the changing modes of transportation. And I think this is all common to the human experience. On the one hand, there's the desire for ritual, for routine, for spending time with family and friends. And on the other hand, there's the adventurous spirit, the desire to do and see things differently. And I think you can really see both tendencies in this story. Given that this story is from so long ago, is there anything that stood out to you as feeling unrelatable? Apart from some of the technologies he thought felt futuristic, seeming ancient today, I guess the biggest thing that stood out was talking about a holiday weekend and thinking about why that would matter for the trip. It's just a reminder of how far we've come in separating the relationship between work and worth in society. I still have a hard time imagining what it must have been like to live at a time when all people weren't guaranteed a basic income, healthcare, a place to live, food to eat, and ultimately the freedom to control how they spent their time. Yeah, that's hard to imagine. It's like, imagine having to spend all or at least most of your time doing what somebody else told you to do just so you could eat. But yeah, we digress. So have you had a chance to talk to your ancestor about this story? Sadly, no, not yet. Despite multiple attempts to contact him, I haven't been able to get him to connect on any intertemporal communications technologies or the multi-world wide web. It seems he's just at that age that hasn't really adopted these technologies. Perhaps someday. Yes, hopefully. It will be interesting to hear his perspective directly. All right, well, final question for you. Are there any other lessons you think our audience should take away from this story? One more thing I'd like to say is the reason I chose this story to start with which is partly my motivation for going to glider school and wanting to share and talk about stories from the future in the first place. Studying history, as well as paying attention in the present, provides plenty of fuel for pessimism, negativity, and outrage. And while those all have their place, I hope that our storytelling and discussions can make space for optimism, positivity, and hope. Because if we cannot imagine better futures, we're going to have a very hard time making them happen. Great words to end on. Thanks, Mike. That will do it for this first episode of Future Diaries. And to you, our listeners, if you have enjoyed our show, please subscribe to Future Diaries on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed in your universe. You can also visit our website at futurediaries.show, where you can find additional content about us and the universe we come from, as well as subscribe to our newsletter and find other ways to support the show. I'm Antonis. And I'm Mike. And we'll talk to you in the future. future.